Welcome to ESPN's The Far Post Podcast. It's the A-League Women Preview Extravaganza. Yay! We're very excited that we're literally about a week out from the start of the new season and we absolutely cannot wait. We know there's a heap of other things kind of going on in women's football at the moment, like two Matildas friendlies literally coming up, but we thought now is the time to talk a little bit of dub and get this preview out of the way so you can all enjoy it while in between the Matildas games and whatnot. So we're recording on the 26th of November. I'm saying this because there's probably going to be some late-breaking signings that we miss. Unfortunately, we've accepted that. So if you ask us why we didn't talk about so-and-so, it's because we literally missed it. So just putting that out there as a disclaimer. But we're going to go through each of the clubs, have a little chat about the signings, about what we expect from them. We'll do some predictions because we always look silly after doing the predictions. But it's going to be rapid fire. It's going to be really good. And we absolutely cannot wait to get started with this preview and with this season. So without further ado, let's begin at the very start with Adelaide United. Harrow, you are taking care of Adelaide. Talk to us about them. Are they making finals this year? Well, I don't like to bring down the spirit of Mary Dubmas, um, but Mary Dubmas, one and all, I, I mean, it's going to be difficult, isn't it? Like the, they've lost players la- compared to last year. We obviously know that um, Charlie Grant isn't going to be coming back. Um, last season, obviously lost Dylan Holmes. I do like that they've continued to back um, bringing through young players. Um, you know, Matilda McNamara was probably the standout of those young players. Um, we've had a couple come over from Victoria as well. So um, very late notice, Gracie Taranto and Leah Valley. Taranto has been pretty highly rated in Vic football circles for quite a while. There's a lot of Tarantos in Victorian football, um, but I think she seems to be the most highly rated Um so surprise, she hasn't really, I guess, burst through at either City or Victory yet. And I think this is a pattern we're going to see scattered through quite a lot of the other squads um, interstate. When I say interstate, I mean interstate from Victoria, um, which is good because traditionally we've seen a lot of players from, say, Queensland come down to Victoria because they've not been able to get games at the Raw. So it's, um, it's I guess, it's exciting in that sense that you've obviously got um, Victory in particular who are very strong. So Adelaide have benefited from a couple of these young players Coming across, yeah, it's, I mean, the the good thing about Adelaide is they've had a chance to build on game style from last season. They were a really exciting team to watch, a really good team to watch. Um, I mentioned plenty of young talent. They've managed to keep players like Chelsea Dorber and Fiona Wirtz scored some goals. Um, but they've brought across Shadeen Evans, which quite um, intrigues me. Obviously, Shadeen or Shay used to play at Sydney FC, didn't get a contract last season, I think has been back home. And then, yeah, they've Adelaide are, obviously backing themselves to to see if she can kick on, which is quite exciting. So that's probably the player that I'm uh, most excited to see from Adelaide. I do I do query whether they're going to make the finals, though. As I said, I think it's – there's still some really good players in there, but they've lost a lot of quality and they didn't make finals with those quality players last season. So, yeah, I feel like I'm uh, repeating myself from last year. I hope the change trends, but I don't think it will. Yeah, I'm curious about some of the players that they've brought in, particularly in midfield, to cover the likes of a Dylan Holmes. You've got two Japanese players in Riona Omiya and Nanako Sasaki. I'm so sorry to all of the listeners who actually know how to pronounce those names. Um, they both come from the MPL, from South Melbourne and the Adelaide Comets, respectively. 
And it's going to be fascinating to see how they click into this midfield because I think Adelaide's midfield was particularly impressive last season, having these players who had several seasons worth of time to gel together. Um, But now that's sort of been exploded apart a little bit and they've had to rebuild it quite rapidly. I'm really glad that they've kept Emily Condon. I think she was one of the most outstanding midfielders across the entire league last season. Um, And it's a really good move on Adelaide's part to keep her, particularly in her chemistry with Chelsea Dorber. Um, I think that those two players in particular are going to be really impressive this season. They're going to have to stand up as well because they do have these new players around them who they're going to need to try and lead, particularly now that they've lost other more experienced players like Laura Johns, for example, and Mallory Weber. That's another really big loss for them, the American striker, who was so, so important in so many ways for them last year. So, yeah, so I'm intrigued to see how they go. I'm intrigued, hopefully, to see Miranda Templeman, their new young goalkeeper who they've brought across from Perth. Uh, she hasn't made her senior debut just yet, but has huge raps at junior and young Matilda's level. Um, so it'll be it'll be good to see her get some minutes as well underneath Annalie Grove. Uh, Grove is someone who I picked as one to watch in my 23 under 23 preview because she is another goalkeeper who's emerging but hasn't really been given any of the opportunities that she's probably deserved um, across the W League since she joined in 2016. She's just been hanging around warm and benches. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm really keen to see how all these players go together. Sam, I agree it's a big season for Emily Condon. Uh, I think she's the player that's had potential for so long. She's had time to get over when she had, obviously, that illness and um, really scored some crucial goals last year, always looked lively, can get involved in the build-up, can do the finishing side of things. And we obviously know that that Webb is gone. We know that um, Maria Jose Rojas got to Rojas has signed with Sydney FC. So that's a lot of attacking sparks gone. So... But good players step up. They take they take on these opportunities. So hopefully um, we see someone like an Emily Condon or uh, a Matilda McNamara in defence who's so highly rated step up and really make this season their own. So, yeah, sorry, Adelaide. I don't have necessarily faith in you to make the finals, but I think they will be well-structured again, well-disciplined under Adrian Stenter and certainly give plenty of teams a bit of trouble. I have two, like, unrelated takes. First, I'm really excited to see Emma Stanbury sign for Adelaide. I think it's just one of those players that I saw. She had a good game, like, four seasons ago, and I was, like, just hanging out to see that again. But she's um, sort of been a little bit quiet, I think. But also, very interestingly, she's uh, coached since then and is very involved in that space. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how she's used in the squad to sort of support those younger players and and develop that. And if that coaching side of things will come into her role at Adelaide United in any way. So she coached at Monaro Panthers in Canberra. That's also probably why I've been paying attention. I'm like, oh, Canberra girl. I don't know if she's actually from Canberra. Someone please correct me. Probably Stefan Mobus. He'll he'll tell me the right facts on that one. Um, The other thing this season as well is that a lot of the American internationals have just like, you know, gone back home, like they're not trapped in Australia anymore. So that's a weird kind of element to it as well. It's like more, even more so, more local than last year in a lot of ways. It's time to do Brisbane Raw. So up north they've got new coach, a few new players, some big Tilly's names missing, but obviously one doing a big return, which is very, very exciting. So what are you looking forward to uh, from this Brisbane Raw side this season? Yeah, actually, when I was looking into the sign-ins that they've made and the sort of approach from new coach Gareth McPherson, it's very interesting. It's very Queensland-heavy squad. I'm drawing a lot from um, their NPL season they've just had. And I think 
again, we've just had another community and NPL season that's been heavily interrupted. So that might be a strength for both South Australia and Black, um, well, not South Australia, Adelaide and Brisbane because they're drawing from NPL competitions that haven't gone through the ringer. Um, and they've also, yes, McPherson. So I think his, his background is predominantly from the Queensland Academy of Sport and that's very reflective in the, the squad that he's put together. Um, yeah, like I said, very youth heavy. I don't know how strong this team is going to be this year, but I really appreciate the sort of project that he's taking on and having that focus on developing local Queensland, um, sorry, Queensland, Queensland Raw. That's that's a thing of the past. Brisbane have always been really good at that. So, but yeah, as you said, um, so they're missing, you know, Yallop, Gilnick and Polks who are all massive last season for them and were really important, I, I think, in those sort of supporting roles and for those younger players to to build them up and there's not, there's just not that same caliber coming in. I'm also a little bit concerned about their defense um, because that seems to be the main area where they've sort of lost players, but haven't been replenished. And a few of those younger names as well. So Heatley um, had quite a good season last year. She's gone to city, which I think Anna might talk about and Kim Carroll. She's not a young player, but very, very important in terms of she can definitely, um, organize a, a defense and she's top quality so I'm a little bit nervous because I think to be honest on a, as a whole I think defense is going to be really really important this season they do have a lot of zippy strikers so will be interesting to see what happens there but as as of their squad right now unless they're going to announce a bunch of names in the immediate future they've only got three defenders or three like out and out defenders so yeah, that's, that's going to be the big question mark. And for those who want to refresh, Brisbane came second last year and then lost the semifinal 6-2 to Melbourne Victory. And it was very chaotic, very chaotic. So I don't think they'll be making finals this year, um, but I'm sure that they'll be. It's, yeah, it sort of feels like a new project and, and McPherson's, um, I guess, being given the, the creativity and authority to start putting something new together. So perhaps a rebuilding year. I know, Anna, I, don't, I know you have opinions about the word rebuild, but feel free to jump in and give me your thoughts on onions. I think that's mainly it for I think, me. I think that is a rebuild when you lost all your senior players and you're starting to build up again with youth. I think it is the case with Brisbane. They got Holly Palmer back, who was at Melbourne City. So that's a good little recruit there because she had a reasonable city, sorry, reasonable season at City last season um i'm interested to see if larissa crummer can build i think she had quite a strong season in the state league up there um the other thing with gareth mcpherson is he i'm pretty sure was an assistant to mel andrietta um back in the day as well so there is a there's a there is that connection there so yeah but i think the what everyone really is going to be watching brisbane for is can katrina gory get back to her her best like i don't think anyone necessarily goes all right, first season back from having the baby. Let's get back to AFC Player of the Year levels. But it'll be interesting to see how quickly she can have an impact, how she's reintroduced into um, sort of playing a lot of football. And obviously she's going to be the most senior player there. So that's intriguing. Also, a shout-out to a friend of the pod, Georgie Worth, who will be in goal once again this season. Um, they've got Mia Ellen Bailey um, as her backup this year. So... Last year was a real competition in terms of the the goalkeeping. So it'll be interesting to see if that happens again. 
And I think a nice little story is just that uh, Jesse Rasha, um, who we obviously knew from Canberra, is signed for Brisbane. So that's just a bit of a good news story. I think the big thing for them is going to be if those midfielders can step up as well. Like players like Aisha Nori has just been around for years. Um, I mentioned Palmer. Um, if these sorts of players can actually, you know, step up and make it their own this season, it's, um, yeah, a lot of responsibility. Um, and, yeah, they've drawn safely on the state leagues. I'm probably with you, Angela. Interesting to see if it pays off. I do like that Brisbane are now mum heavy. Katrina Gorey and Jesse Rashard both being mums. I think that's real cute. Um, but yeah, you, you're both right. And I think I, I agree as well. Like, I don't think Brisbane are going to do particularly well because when you just look sort of big picture at their squad rotation this season, they've brought in more players than they've kept. They have 12 new players, which is a pretty huge amount. Um, a lot of them are young. A lot of them come from the MPL. They don't have experience at this level. Um, and so players like Katrina Gori, like Jesse Rashard, they're going to be really, really important in lots of different kinds of ways. Um, I would like to think that players like, as you mentioned, the Ishinori, Holly Palmer and an Anna Margraf are going to step up as well and, and fill in that sort of void. Um, but yeah, I don't really have high hopes. I'd like to see actually Megan McElligot really sort of shine. She absolutely killed it a couple of seasons ago at the MPL level, scoring something like 50 goals or something absolutely insane. She signed for Canberra, didn't really do anything and then sort of disappeared. So now she's back, seems to probably be given some, you know, some license to really do what she can. Um, she's going to be partnering Shay Connors, who has been uh, part of the Lions setup up in Queensland MPL for a couple of seasons, has been banging them in as well. And a Larissa Crum and a Mariel Hecker as well. I think it's going to be a pretty exciting forward line if they're able to click, if they're able to complement one another. But yeah, it's really in midfield and defence that I've got the big question marks, I think. But I am, again, like sticking with my brand, very, very excited to see Jamila Rankin. I think she's going to just get better and better every season she plays. And it's probably not going to be long before she takes off somewhere else in the world. So super keen to watch that. I reckon we all are after she's been included in some Matilda's camps and whatnot. We're back to Angela because it would be remiss of us to talk to anyone else about Canberra United. You're literally in Canberra as we're recording. So it just feels correct that this is happening. The gonzo journalism. <laughs> a gal on the ground. <laughs> Reporting live to Angela. Um, but no, it was a it was a good season last season. I reckon they fell a little bit short of expectations, but we've got another glorious homecoming in green. So chat to us a little bit about Canberra United. I feel, I don't know if I can just copy and paste what I just said. Actually, it's not to the same extent as Brisbane, but they are missing key defenders. So Jessica Nash is headed off to Sydney and she had a great, I think, foundational dub campaign last year for Canberra. Um, and as we just mentioned, Jesse Rashart has headed up to Raw. And I think, so again, Lauren Keir, actually, she, I think she'll be the, the big name in terms of defence to really step up. But with Canberra, Look, just looking at their squad, instant vibe check is like zoomies. There's a lot of zoomies. And so I think if they're able to lean into that, they might, I don't know what Linton is planning, but they could work with something like a the, the five at the back or is it the three at the back with the, the ones that do a lot of running? Couldn't be me. Um, so, yeah, that might be an interesting thing. But, yeah, it's, a, again, a very attack heavy squad and I, I, I'm guessing they'll be playing a lot of very exciting zippy football this year which will be 
amazing to watch, very entertaining. But again, I, I do wonder, they sort of lucked, I don't want to say, they had a really great campaign, but last year it became really apparent when they lost Michelle Heyman, who's resigned. Very exciting. Heyman watch. <laughs> um, that their attacking options and their sort of finishing options really dried up there. So it will be interesting to see how that's remedied this year um, because I don't think, yeah, I think they just need to diversify a little bit in that department. Um, and I think, yeah, that's basically it. I, I'm keen to see how it goes. I think Linton's just building on what she started last year. Um, and I think they're in a good chance to make the final four, but they'll have to fight for it and I think evolve a little bit on what they were doing. So, yeah, very keen to see. So we've got, like, friend of the pod, Laura Hughes, heading back. And I think they do have quite a good core of midfielders and that will be a really important part of it as well as making sure that there's that creativity and that's, the I think, the sense the place where it will need to click the most and then the rest will sort of fall into place. And a lot of those midfielders are workhorses as well who will, you know, um, come back and defend and put everything on the line. So come on, guys. Come on, guys. So I've got questions, but I'm very excited. I'm going to the game next week. It's going to be so good. And we're going to Tagranong, all the way to Tagranong. Goodness. 20-minute drive. Would you believe it? Anyway. Anyway, does anyone else have any opinions that aren't complete nuffery? <laughs> we're, we're deep into the Canberra zone here, but I'm surprised you didn't mention Angela. I, I think Alira Toby's a really exciting signing for Canberra. Oh, so true. Like, as far as you go with, I think it's exciting for both club and player. Um, cl- things clearly didn't plan go to plan for Alira Toby at Sydney FC. They had so many young forwards that just had that great chemistry and she was really limited to a, a bench role, despite I think being given the number nine shirt before she got there, um, just didn't work out. We know she had a really good time at Brisbane before that, um, actually got called into a Matildas camp at one point. And then um, we talked about this previously, going over to Portugal and just having a bit of a hell of a time in the worst possible sense over there, just things not going well, having to come back, do hotel quarantine and then be hard not to rule out that having some sort of impact on her form at, at Sydney FC. Either way, didn't clearly didn't work out, but this seems like a good move. Uh, Canberra need people who are not Michelle Heyman in their forward line that can, you know, make other runs or be the player that if Heyman draws, um, the defence can score goals. Um, we know what Toby can bring. She's clearly a, a top-class A-League women forward. Um and I think that's a, a super exciting signing for for Canberra. Um, they'd have been disappointed, I think, to lose Sally James to Melbourne City, which I'll touch on later. But it's, it is good that they've kept a lot of those midfielders together. You think Grace Marr will keep on keeping on. Unfortunately, that you think they're without Nikki Flannery for the whole season, given she did her ACL, which was a bit of a blow, but not a bit of a blow, a significant blow. But, yeah, I'll be interested to see how it comes together. I think the, another interesting name was... Um, Michaela Vidma, daughter of Tony, I believe. So just a bit of, you know, famous names getting about. So it's exciting to see um, to see some famous family names get about. But yeah, I would I would agree. It's they should be there thereabouts, but it's it's not going to be easy. Speaking of diversifying the attack, we're also seeing the glorious return of Ashley Sykes. Oh, my God, isn't that going to be so much fun? The rekindling of the partnership between Ash Sykes and Michelle Heyman. I am so excited for that. We know that she sort of came in in a weird capacity towards the back end of a a season when she was assistant coach under Heather Garriock 
and it was all just a little bit strange and and odd and she yeah she's a fantastic player we know what she can do and the thing that I've really loved in the days since it was announced that she was coming back to Canberra was reading her interviews where she says she's rediscovered her love of football because she does seem like one of those players who really faded out of the game sooner than perhaps what she should have or what her talent probably uh, indicated she would have. So to see that she has rediscovered that passion at the NPL level and that she is wanting to push herself now into A-League women's uh, football and is wanting to rekindle that kind of um, that 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 shared sort of spirit with her hometown club where she's had so much success under a head coach who is I think excellent and who really believes in her and who's bringing out the best in the various players that she believes in I think that you know I think Ash Sykes under Vicky Linton alongside Michelle Heyman now back in with your Grace Mars your Laura Hughes who she has mentored as a coach and as a senior player it could actually be a, a pretty good team this season. I'm really excited to watch them. And speaking to the point of Americans, Canberra is also one of the few teams that does have a couple of international imports, including Chelsea Washington and Ali Harron, both of whom have come over from Orlando Pride. So it'd be curious to see how they slot in um, and the ways in which they're used. Um, hopefully they don't become overly dependent on their internationals. I think W League in the past has... Um, leaned quite heavily on the talent of their imports at the expense of local players. So I'm hoping that Linton's able to strike a really good balance there. But yeah, you're right, Angela. I think the midfield is really exciting. I were a huge fan of Laura Hughes, of course, and Grace Ma just continues to get better. I loving Lauren Keir and Emma, Emma Ilioski as well. Another really exciting emerging young defender. So like across all the different lines, Beth Mason Jones coming into goal as well after being out in the wilderness for a couple of a couple of years. Yeah, like every single line of this of this squad, I think, has got something exciting about it. So I'm keen to see how they go. That's I was thinking. That's why nothing came up when I googled Ali Haran MPL because she wasn't in the MPL. It's just a black hole where the NWSL exists in my mind. Anyway, apologies, Ali. Yeah, I think we're all so excited, particularly about. Sykes and the prospect of her and Heyman and just it's like an, a new level to Heyman watch it's very very exciting speaking of exciting we're, we're coming down to Melbourne now we're going to be talking about the two Melbourne clubs Anna you're in charge of talking about Melbourne City it was not a season they would have wanted or that is up to their standards last season but I think They've been really good in their recruitment. I'm actually quite excited about who they've brought in, but how are you kind of looking at their squad and their prospects for this season? Yeah, I agree. I think they've been really astute with their recruiting. I think it's the type of recruiting that should throw them back into the finals mix just because of the quality of these players. Like we talk about every team and bringing through young players, Australian talent, and they've got back to some really good city ways and just managed to, I guess, picked the eyeballs out of a few teams, picked up some really, really good players. Um, you mentioned before, Sam, Winona Healy, who we know has been called into Matilda's camps, um, is coming back to Australia after a stint overseas and is a perfect pickup for them. They needed to shore up their shore up their defence, get a bit more run. It's it's really exciting. They're, one thing I really like that City have done over the last um, couple of years is have a Matilda's goalkeeper or a future Matilda's goalkeeper in the mix and have Melissa Barbieri effectively playing a supporting role. And they've done that again. They've brought in Sally James from Canberra United who did get called into 
Matilda's camps in Europe earlier in the year. So that's super exciting to see if she can kick on. We obviously saw Tegan Micah go next level um, last season. So I think that's that's really exciting. Um, Emma Checker's back again. Uh, Chelsea Blissett, hopefully we will see back and injury-free because that poor kid has just had a shocking run, but is really highly rated at City. I think they've signed her to quite a long-term deal. So that's, um, yeah, particularly exciting. Um, I guess the the big storyline around City is that Study's back. Rebecca Stott is making a football return from all reports and pretty much involved in everything football-wise. So um, I'm sure they will be patient with her and take care. And she obviously loves the environment there. Um, but she is a world-class player. Um, I'm a, I imagine it'll take her time to build fitness, but um, she's always going to be an asset on and off the field. So, um, and obviously, yeah, coming back from her Hodgkin's lymphoma, it's we followed her, her beat it sort of campaign. It's really exciting to see that she is back playing football. Um, another one that excited me that they've picked up, Letitia McKenna, I think is a really um, fun player. Uh, when she was at Perth, she was exciting to watch. And I think she had a good season at Brisbane last year. And I think City might have just timed it really, really well with when they've picked her up. Um, we saw Rihanna Policina really impress at Newcastle last year as well um, as that sort of attacking midfielder push forward. And um, again, just another quality player that they've picked up. I, I really like the way they've gone about recruiting this season, City. Um, Caitlin Tolby has been around the traps as well and she gets uh, another go. So it's, it is quite exciting. I think this is the way they had to go because they were so disappointing last season. They just barely fired a shot bar one um, one derby. Um, they've lost Harriet Withers, who's um, gone off to Melbourne Victory. So that's, a, that's another forward gone. But to be honest, um, she was mostly coming off the bench for them by the end. So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. They've, they've really leaned into the youth side of things with a few, I guess, key senior players. Um, I think um, obviously Jenna McCormick's not going to be there this season. Emma Checker will still be leading that defence. I think it's a big season for her to just stay fit and consistent and make sure her name is always, you know, pushing for that Matilda selection. Um, but otherwise it's just going to be a lot of young players. Um, Caitlin Carriage is obviously a young player as well who will be looking to make an impact. So, Sam, I can see you, you got your hands up. I'm quite excited by what they've got in this City squad this season. I think it's it's what they needed to do. They needed to invest in a lot of young players and, look to bring them through because at the moment you can't just pick a bunch of Matildas and and see what happens. They've they've actually gone all in and, and picking up some really talented young players and trying to bring them through together. Yeah, absolutely. And this is actually one of the midfields that I'm most excited to see. I think the balance so far in this list is really great. You mentioned Rihanna Policina, who was, I think, fantastic for Newcastle. She was creative. She was ambitious. She was really something different for that Newcastle side. And I don't think they got the best out of her. So having her alongside a player like a Letitia McKenna, who had a fantastic first season when she was at Perth um, feeding Sam Kerr back then. When Remember the Kerr days? Oh, my God. I feel like we need to have like B, BK and AK before Kerr and after Kerr. Um, and then McKenna had another really good season at Brisbane. So her and Policina working side by side as two creative midfielders, I think is great. And then backed up underneath them by Aaliyah Davidson, who is industrious. She's flexible. She's been around the traps for a while. I think she's going to play a really important leadership role in that midfield. And Darcy Malone, shout out to friend of the pod, Eric, seeing Darcy Malone finally being given a serious shot at A-League women's level after being in and around for a little bit as a train on. 
she has wiped the floor at MPL level and everybody absolutely loves her. So I, I'm loving the look of that. I think they have, like City have just a, a billion defenders, it seems. So they're probably not going to be conceding as many goals as they did last season, which is good. Um, really, really keen to see Emma Checker and Stoddy working side by side. I think, as you said, Harry, this is going to be a really big season for Emma Checker. She's the captain. She is going to take on a much bigger leadership role. And alongside someone like Stoddy, who has has just bucket loads of experience. It's going to be a really good, really solid partnership, I think, for the two of them. And moving further forward as well, Caitlin Carrich comes into this side, she's 15 years old, comes into this side with huge raps from uh, the Football Victoria Emerging Program, the NTC program down in Victoria. She was banging in goals for that young side. She is quick. She's feisty. She's direct. She apparently has fantastic technique. I'm just like, this is a thing about this league now, right? Like they have finally leaned into the fact that they are a development league, that their purpose, their identity as a football competition is finding these gems of players and developing them, getting them to a point where they can take off elsewhere in the world and continue their careers. And we're starting to see the emergence of this new generation now. And finally, they're being given these chances to actually show what they can do. So yeah, super excited to see it. And also, I think it's really cool that they've got a couple of New Zealand players as well. I'll, I'll be talking about Wellington Phoenix a little bit later, but it's really cool to see Hannah Wilkinson be brought in. She's a bit more experienced. And Marissa Vandermeer as well, a young uh, young defender from uh, Canterbury United Pride over in the New Zealand Premier League. So, yeah, it should be it should be a really interesting season for City. I don't think they'll do as badly as what they did last year, and it's really good to see that they're investing in some really talented young players. I'm so not used to hearing Marissa in a non-me context, so that was really weird. Just <laughs> there are other Marissas in the world. <laughs> it's so bring them to me. We can so have one. Rare. Literally, I am. The Marissa. Anyway, it was just a weird moment of, what? What did I do? (laughs) Anyway, that's unimportant. Let's stay in Melbourne and switch from light blue to dark blue. Let's talk about victory. They are the champions. What a a wild concept. Um, Obviously, the Olympico, you know. Wow. Anyway, that was unimportant. I just needed to say the word Olympico because of who I am as a person. But in terms of victory season, they will be looking to do it again. I think they've got a really good squad. But Angela, I'm keen on your thoughts about the victory. Yes, that's the big question, right? Can they A, do it again and B, get the double and get the minor, become minor premiers as well? And Actually, I'll save, I'll save my thoughts on that for later. But, yeah, the, this squad this year, very, very similar, and that will be a real strength for this victory um, team this year, just having that consistency. And part of that as well, a really exciting thing, I think, across the league is the introduction of, like, these two-year, three-year deals. And so, for example, I think it's Kyra Cooney-Cross and Melina Ayers are both returning to victory for the second leg of those, respectively. Um, yeah, it, it's looking to be... I think quite quite a strong squad uh, just because, yeah, last year's was a strong squad. I think they'll have, we've talked a little bit about defence, they might have the edge there as well. So they've managed to keep Kayla Morrison, which is absolutely fantastic. She had an amazing season last year. I think she was their player's player as well um, and 
100% deserved it. And she will be matching up with Claudia Bunge again. We've got Polly Doran coming back, who, you know, I'm a massive Polly Doran fan. Um, and then Courtney Nevin as well. That is a massive get. Love that. She's, you know, um, I think I've said this before. I've, I've admitted this before. I don't know that much about Courtney Nevin because I think I haven't really paid that much attention to Wanderers in the past. I'm so sorry. Um, Wanderers fans who may be tuning in do watch the games it's just not absorbing into the sponge you know Um, but I'm very excited because of you know her recent um, appearances for the Matildas I think yes very much shoring up that defensive side of things and yeah I think they've also a couple of the girls have come through from like the Vic Emerging Academy so they're obviously looking to shore up that youth development which has been sort of in the past an area that I think both Victorian clubs could have done a bit better. And it's really great to see that both are making moves in that area as well. And also drawing more on their sort of um, Victorian competitions and Victorian talent as well. So that's awesome. Um, Yeah. I think the big, one of the big question marks will be, I guess, the Lisa Devanna thing, because she was that sort of quite a stick of dynamite last year. But in saying that, we also noticed that Victory were able to adapt and had a lot of goal-scoring out- outlets, many of which have come back. So, of course, they have Kara Cooney-Cross. We love that. But also, like, someone like um, Catherine Zimmerman, who's now being joined by Calder teammate uh, Harriet Withers. And I'm really keen to see potentially Harriet Withers having a bit more of a consistent season and getting more consistent minutes. She had, like, great glimpses for City, but it just wasn't, like... It was one of those things like she'd have a moment and then maybe not convert something that she should have and then it would sort of drop off a little bit, whereas I think consistency will really help um, shore that side of things up. Also, Harriet Withers, um, self-declared pizza person. We love that. Still want to get her on the pod for a pizza party. Harriet Withers, hit us up if you're into, if you'd like to do that. Um, yeah, and I think actually I might just throw to Marissa because you – might be across this side of things more being an NPL uh, expert. Uh, they've some of the younger talent. So Alana Murphy, was that one of the ones I remember you saying was a, an exciting name coming through? And there's some, there was another one. Just, just looking at my unhinged spreadsheet. Paige Zoyes. Paige Zoyes. So she's, yeah. she was a train on previously, no? And yeah. Now- I think she's been a train on with both. Melbourne sides potentially just quickly going back talking NPL as well I'm excited that Zimmerman and Withers have both played together at Calder alongside Mindy Barbieri as well so there's a really nice Mm. pocket of Calder chemistry in that kind of attacking half four victory that I hope um, kind of develops and bears fruit for Jeff Hopkins but yeah the two uh, uh, Murphy and Zoyce as we've said uh, Murphy only 15 was also part of uh, Victory's Elite Girls Academy, so has come up through that pathway as well, which is really exciting. It's really exciting. It's a weird one that we're excited about 15-year-olds in the league again. There was kind of like that space where we had no babies and now we're back to having the real <laughs> very young players in. But, no, Murphy's definitely one to be excited about. Paige Soyce as well was playing at Bulleen. There was a lot of... W League talent at Bulleen this last season with Kayla Morrison, uh, with Gabby Garten, who obviously is not playing this season because she's pregnant, which is very exciting uh, for her. Um, Yeah, Zoyce is a really good midfielder. So I think there's a lot, as you were kind of saying, there's a lot of Victorian talent, which is very exciting for those of us on this podcast that, you know, 
love being obnoxiously Victorian, so I'm really excited to see how they go. And also the big one is Casey Dumont's coming back. Woo! Yeah, so you just mentioned Gabby Garson is um, out for the season. I just realised she's going to have a seasonal dub baby, most likely, if I know if I've done the maths correctly, which is going to be real cute. Um, and she's, I think, same with Ellie Brush, it's really exciting to see players kept in the fold through coaching opportunities and that side of things. And that's like a long-term win as well in terms of like the women um, that we're seeing, I think Canoli and Ash Wilson, they have sort of gone through the, the levels at their respective clubs. And so hopefully that one day that won't be a thing and women can just like coach because they're good coaches. But in terms of starting from the ground up and developing um, in that space, it's really fantastic to see. So yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. But yes, Casey Dumont, back to the original point, went on a tangent there. Casey Dumont is back, which is really exciting. Um, she's coming back from a ruptured Achilles tendon and I'm guessing she will be the number one keeper for victory. Um, and yeah, I, I, I rate Casey, I think she was um, sort of on the up before she had that unfortunate injury. So it will be really great to see how she gets back into things. And, yeah, um, I think, I don't know, I just I just rate her as a keeper. There's, there's not many more in-depth thoughts. Anna, sorry. No, I'm bouncing off you. Casey Dumont is such a great inclusion back at Victory. And I don't know if you follow her on Instagram, she's talked pretty openly about um, – getting fitter, losing weight, like getting herself in sort of prime condition for this W League season. And she looked fantastic. She apparently just moving really well in goals. Just she's had such a injury plagued career that hopefully this can be the season where we really see her manage to get the most out of herself because we know she's a sensational shot stopper. Um, Melissa Mazels is in a leadership role at Victory as well. So they're clearly really happy with their goalkeeping stocks. And it just kind of sums up like, what they've been able to do with their list. They've lost Gabby Garden, replaced it with Casey Dumont. Lose Angie Beard, replaced it with Courtney Nevin, who in terms of player profile is pretty much spot on. Like she's a bit taller. They're both left-sided players, can both play in a back three, can both play fullback, wingback, central defence. They're just the perfect replacement. Um, you mentioned Lisa Devanna as well. I don't think you can ever um, replace that sort of unpredictability that Lisa offers and obviously her quality, but they've... They they really rate Leah Privatelli again, who's a leader there, and they've brought in Harriet with us. They've got a couple of players who offer some real lightning speed there and something a bit different. And I just don't see how they can't be the overwhelming favourites. Like they've maintained the consistency. They've been training all together for months. Um, they haven't lost players to the Sam just gave me this look. They haven't lost players to the degree that Sydney have, for example, with losing Claire Wheeler and Teresa Polias. Like, that's probably their two best players. Um, it seems like they've just replaced players brilliantly. Like, could be real famous last words, and I still think it's going to be very competitive. But I think when you look at it, they're the defending champions. They've maintained most of their list. They've um, get the players that they have lost, they've replaced with like-for-like players. Um, who were who were good quality players. Courtney Nevins in the Matildas fold, Casey Dumont is a known quantity as well. So it's, um, yeah, I just think they should clearly be there or thereabouts again. <laughs> like it's, it, to me, it's a bit of a no-brainer. I'm really excited to see what Courtney Nevin brings because I don't think we've got to see enough of her at W League level or A-League women level. And uh, she should slot straight into Angie Beard's previous role. And I think 
is up for a really big season. The the raps coming out of Melbourne Victory about Polly Doran uh, uh, just seem next level as well. She really kicked on last year and I think she's going to just get better. Um, I don't think uh, Sam gave me the dirtiest look before. I don't think it's going to be that they're going to run roll the league undefeated or anything like that, but I think they're a clear early favourite. <laughs> don't write off Sydney just yet. Like when you talk about replacing players like, like, like I, I, like obviously this is going to be a two horse race again. So there's going to be Sydney and victory. There's going to be daylight and then there's going to be the next team. Right. But when it comes to like, like replacements, yes, Teresa Polias, Claire Wheeler, almost irreplaceable players, but it's the same similar. I think it's a similar situation with victory. You mentioned the loss of Lisa Devanna. You can't ever really replace a player like that. And also losing Annalie Longo from midfield. I think that's another big, uh, big loss for them. Good she's shout, Sam. gone back to New Zealand and just isn't doing, I don't know what she's doing anything anymore. I, I thought she would join Wellington actually, but she, you know, she's doing other leadership things, which is cool. Um, but I think another player that's worth mentioning right now is Malene Ayers because she is another player who's been completely underrated and just continues to like chip away and improve and add bits and bits and pieces to her game that makes her a much more well-rounded player. We know that she can score bangers, but I think last season she showed that she has an engine now. She works hard for her team. She does stuff off the ball that we didn't really appreciate in previous seasons. And she's able to continue to deliver. You know, she's actually becoming one of the most exciting forward, like attacking players, I think, in the competition. So she's able to back up and even improve upon her last season. She's going to be, I think, in the top five of strikers across the competition. And she need, I think she needs that too, Sam. Like, totally. hear it from the, I'm going to say the Vic football nuffies are consistently go, oh, why isn't she in the Matildas fold? And I think they'll want to see another consistent season. Back it up. Back up last season. They have a really good forward Line victory, as we mentioned, no Devanna, but Catherine Zimmerman, super player. You're going to have Kyra Cooney Cross feeding those forwards as well. And Ed's just, yeah, she became so much more well-rounded, was getting the tap-ins, getting in the right positions, making the right runs, not just relying on, I guess, skill and scoring bangers. And, yeah, it's um, if she can deliver, it's going to be really exciting. Just quickly as well, I'm so excited to see, like, the Victory Sydney meet-up um, the next, there's only one this season, unfortunately. It's going to be Wednesday the 26th. So is that the Australia Day derby that they have as a tradition for Victory Men? So that's going to be really exciting. And I'm just put, put it in your calendars now. Get your egg cows out, that sort of thing. Come on down, Victory-based people, because that's going to be a banging match. It's going to be so good. Anyway. All right. Let's talk about the Newcastle Jets. It's Ash Wilson's second full season in charge. So she has assembled a squad and it was funny looking through the list. It's very much a, here are all your favorite Newcastle Jets characters back better than ever. But yeah, it's a very familiar squad. There's a lot of names that you know, you know what they bring to W League level and it's a very Newcastle kind of heavy squad as well, which you do love to see. I'm really excited actually about a few players. So Cass Davis is co-captain this year with Gemma Simon. She hasn't missed a game since she debuted and she is a few weeks away from making her hundredth appearance, which is just nuts when you think about it, that through, you know, lots of seasons, long off seasons, she's just hasn't missed a game. So I'm hoping I haven't put the moz on her touching wood, but really excited to 
see what she does and hopefully see her rack up her 100th appearance. So really excited about that. Gemma Simon, you know what you're going to get from her. She's an absolute just class act. So really excited that those two are in leadership positions. Kind of opposite end of the spe- uh, spectrum, Kirsty Fenton has uh, signed. She's been with the Jets Academy since she was in under 11. So really nice story about, you know, coming through the ranks. She's said in interviews with the club and stuff, you know, I've been looking up to these girls, your, your Tara Andrews, your Gemma Simons, and now they're my teammates. You know, I have a laugh with them on the pitch. I'm getting ready with them and stuff. So really keen to see what she does. She's also a, a youth international uh, at the Matildas level. So really excited to kind of see what she does. A defender was literally completing her HSC. So she's been doing a bit of a juggling act as dub players usually do, but really excited to see what she does. I'm really excited about the forward line. I think there's a lot of really good players that we kind of know and if they can kind of kick things up another level, it'll be interesting to see kind of what Newcastle do. So Tara Andrews, tallest woman in Newcastle, she was their top scorer. If she can kind of find some consistency and bring the goals more often, I reckon that'll be a really good sign for Newcastle. But Sunny Franco, we know she's got that mongrel in her, and I think that's always something you want uh, in your forward line. Lauren Allen impressed in, like, really good bursts last season, so we'd love to see more from her. And they've got the Norwegian international, Marie Markusen. Markusen? I'm not sure. But really interested to see what she brings to the squad. The Jets don't do internationals very often. They haven't had an international in a while. So really interested to see what she brings to this squad. Fun fact, she has over 100 tattoos. She'd be really living that I am a notepad, I am going to doodle everywhere kind of life. Um, In the midfield, we've got Lucy Johnson, who's originally from Tasmania, but was most recently playing with South Melbourne. So really excited with my Victorian hat on to see what she does. And Ash Brodigan has re-signed as well. She left the Jets in 2018, has kind of gone away for a few years, you know, done life outside of football and has come back. So really excited to see what that kind of time away has done for her and her game. We know with other players, it's been really beneficial. They've They've needed the time away and then it's kind of benefit, benefited their football. So really interested to see if it's similar kind of story for Ash. But, you know, they've lost a couple of big players. Yeah, Rihanna Policina, the big one going to uh, Melbourne City and Tessa Tamplin's over in Switzerland literally playing Champions League. So those are two big losses. I think overall with the Jets, if they can bring some level of consistency, I... I don't think they'll be bad. I think they really just need to show the glimpses that they did last season more often. And I think they they could do better than what they did last season. Maybe not finals, but I think they're they're definitely primed for a better showing if they can get that consistency. Yep, spot on, I think. I with Jets, it's ne- there's never really any, like you said, like they don't do um big international signings really which is interesting because surely Nui is the one that you sell to like someone from overseas as you want your dub in the sun come here there's the surf there's the beaches it's the lifestyle you know what I mean you're away from the Sydney so you know I I don't know I feel like they could I don't know if that's something that they'd run with if they were pitching it. The Maybe Emily people Van just... like marketing, just like come have coffee, come look at the beach, morning in the morning, shackers, peach of it. Like I'm just imagining the Emily Van Egmond marketing 
pitch. A hundred percent. And I think maybe because people like from outside of Australia maybe don't know that Newcastle is that, but we know that Newcastle is that. I don't know. Just just a thought. Um, but yeah, with with Jets, it's like, yeah, it's not no big surprises year to year. And sometimes I do wonder if that could potentially be hindering them a little bit because they have that core that no like play together year in, year out. And they've got obviously that strong connection um, in terms of local talent. Like most of these players are newly born and bred and this the club is their home. But I think, yeah, just adding a little bit to the edges and, and uh, what's the word? Sort of like a, a, some marquee players or something potentially could amplify them a little bit. But as you said, I think the main project will be definitely solidifying what they were already doing and making sure that they just like get that game, you know, game in, game out. Yes, game in, game out. Um, yeah, consistency because they do have an edge in that regard in terms of um, having stability in coaching and squad um, and also like – I keep talking about defence, but stability in having strong leaders in defence as well. So, yeah, we'll see. Claire Quaylo's back. Oh, she's back. Okay, she's never back mind. And Georgia Boric has signed as well. So I think I reckon Quaylo's fab. Yeah, what love Claire Quaylo. Think she's fabulous. But I think Boric comes in with I think again another youth international for Australia. So I reckon there might be a little bit of competition there, which I think is only a good thing for both of them. But Claire Coelho, she pulls out some absolute peachy saves, so keen to see more of those. Let's talk about Perth. I think, well, for me anyway, I've been excited about Perth for a long time simply because they've been making signings the longest. It was literally like the ball had just hit the back of the net from Kyra Cooney-Cross's Olympico and Alex Aparkas was like, here are some signings. I'm ready to go. But, um, no, it's so exciting that, you know, he's basically taken the opportunity now that he... He knew that he would have another season. He's been able to put his stamp on this side. He's been able to recruit all the kinds of players he's he wants and basically did it from about August, I want to say, maybe even earlier. So really excited by a lot of the signings that he's made. Um, the big news that only broke yesterday was that Lisa Devanna has signed for Perth Glory. So that's super exciting. We know that, you know, we've literally talked about it with Victory, how hard it's going to be for them to replace her. So Victory's loss is very much Perth's gain on the field. We know that she can score goals, she can do things. And considering the kind of age profile of Perth's team, Devanna is very much going to have that sort of uh, leader, mentor kind of role to the to the young forwards in particular. So really excited to see how that goes. Um, in terms of the younger players with my Victorian hat on, they've got a lot of really good Victorian players. We've got Alani Anchevsky, who was playing for Bulleen, was absolutely killing it before our season got snuffed down here. They've signed Sophia Sakalis, who has been around the traps, uh, usually with Melbourne City, but has never kind of gotten a good run of it or been able to kind of get consistent game time. So really hoping that that's what she gets uh, over out West. Uh, and Claudia Miacic, who I always remember, a friend of the pod, Alex Gummer, uh, singled her out and said she's one to watch. She should be getting a contract soon. So very excited uh, to see her. She's a defender, was a captain from memory of the FV Emerging Squad. So really excited to see what she can do at A-League women level. Speaking of defence, the return of Kim Carroll, I think is really huge just in terms of... Uh, 
not only defensive strength but leadership. She's one of the veterans of the squad. Like I said, it's a very um, young squad overall. So really excited to see Kim Carroll back in purple and what she can kind of do, again, from that leadership mentor kind of role in a similar vein to um, Devanna. There's so many other players. We've got like Aideen Keem. We've got Susan Fongs on cam. Um, I'm going to forget them because it's just such an exciting young squad. And I think the real exciting thing about this Perth side is that a lot of them have been signed to long-term deals. So it's not only kind of good for the club, it's good for the dub to just make a little rhyme. Thank you, Angela. Um, So I really like that Alexa Parkers has basically said, maybe intentionally, maybe not, we're going young and it's going to be a long-term project here. So I'm really excited to see how it pans out. I think there's still going to be some growing pains. As I've said, a lot of the players that they have signed either have kind of limited uh, W League experience or this is their first kind of proper contract. So I do wonder how they're going to adjust to the level, but I think it is going to be really exciting to see how they go, not just this season, but how it kind of grows and develops as the the seasons go on. Yeah, I mean, you wrapped it up really well, Marissa. This is basically... Matildas of the future, right? Like there, there are so many new signings, so many signings who have huge reputations behind them at youth level. Um, they brought in 14 new players. It's basically a regeneration of Perth glory, which is what they've needed. And as you said, it's really good to see that not just Alexa Parkers, the head coach has been given license to make long-term decisions, but also that they're investing in these players. The fact that they announced a big chunk of players early and got them training together uh, even before the official preseason is really promising. And it means that they've got the edge when it comes to making sure that all these new players are able to click properly. Um, we could rattle off, as you sort of mentioned, Marissa, there are so many outstanding names. I love the return of Hannah, Hannah Lowry. I love seeing Sofia Sakalas. Claudia Mircic has huge raps coming from Victoria and Junior and Young Matildas. Um, really liked also seeing the return of Gemma Crane. She was taken real early with a, a hamstring tear at the start of last season, but she's come back now. She's going to be a really important senior player, I think, for this young squad, as will Lisa Devanna and Natasha Rigby and Kim Carroll as well. So I think they've been quite good in selecting uh, an experienced sort of spine of players around which these young players can learn and develop and flourish. Um, Alana Yanchevsky is another really good example of a player who's been in and around sort of W League levels as train on as a train on player, as a scholarship player, but hasn't actually been given a real shot. Same as Aiden Keane. She's coming in from MPL in New South Wales, an amazing player too. Two new goalkeepers, you know, it's just a whole, it's a whole new vibe from Perth this season. I'm really liking it. I'm really keen to see particularly how their midfield goes. Cause I think alongside Melbourne city, this is another really, really promising midfield. And finally going forward, they have some options, <laughs> you know, they really struggled to score goals last season, even, even though they did have some internationals and they also have some internationals this season as well. I think they're one of the few teams who have looked abroad. So they've got uh Mia Yarns who's come over from Denmark uh, and Asira Hinson, who's come over from the USA. So curious to see how they fit into everything. And But depth is what Perth has always needed, and they have that in absolute bucket loads now. So, yeah, it's going to be a really good season for Perth, I think. As long as Mark McGowan doesn't mess this up. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm sure he's got a lot on his plate and he's not thinking about Perth glory. But, yes. He hopefully- should be. He should be. 
But no, let's keep moving. Let's talk a little bit about Sydney FC. They were premiers last season. It was an absolutely spicy premiership decider. Made it to the grand final, but fell short. Some really interesting signings. We know that they've got the quality. They've got a couple of unfortunate injuries, but it's set to be a real interesting season for them, Sam. What are you uh, making of them? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's an interesting off-season for Sydney because in contrast to a lot of the other clubs, they haven't really had that much turnover of players at all. I think they've brought in one, maybe five, six new players in total. Um, a lot of the players who are, have formed the core of this Sydney team over the past two or three seasons are still there. They've kept pretty much all of their best players in and around, which is really good for them because we saw how they went last season. They won the premiership and they won that premiership with one of the youngest on average teams in the history of the competition. I think the average age was about 22. So the vast majority of the players they have are still that core group, which is really clever from Sydney. And it builds upon their longer term multi-year sort of philosophy when it comes to these players as well. Like they've been in and around for a long time and now they're all reaching, starting to reach the start of their peak performance ages as the performance gap report, you know, constantly banged on about. So uh, we've seen a couple of really shrewd and really important and really strategic recruitments from Sydney. We've seen, as we mentioned earlier, Jessica Nash has been brought in from Canberra United, which was a pretty timely recruitment uh, given that a friend of the pod, Ellie Brush, has redone her ACL and will be out for the season. So they are in dire need of a centre-back. And luckily we've got, you know, one of the, the most promising young centre-backs in the country coming across in blue. So that's really great. Um, there was some weird off-season back and forth with Nat Tobin. There was some talk that she was going to be moving to Perth for work and going to join the Perth Glory, but she's come back now, partly I think as a result of border issues, uh, but also work issues. And she has been given the captain's armband, given the departure of my favourite all-time player, Teresa Polias, who has left Sydney FC to have a baby, which is fabulous for her. Um, Nat Tobin is a player, we spoke about her last season, who is extremely underrated. She's a workhorse. She's talented. She's a natural leader. I think this is going to be a really big season for her to step up. But I'd be curious to see how Ante Juric uses her because she's also very... Um, very flexible in the way that she can move about the field. At MPL level, she plays in midfield, usually sort of more defensively. Um, but at Sydney, we've seen her play in defence as well. So I think that uh, that um, versatility is going to be really important this season too. Um, also really keen to see how Sarah Hunter goes. She's been a young midfielder brought in from Western Sydney huge raps at young Matilda's level. We saw some glimpses of how good she is in her debut season last year. So I think that's a really good recruitment, particularly as a replacement for Claire Wheeler, who's not going to be returning. And moving further forward, we've seen also from Canberra, New Zealand international Paige Satchel has come in, which is super exciting. And Maria Cote-Rojas from Adelaide. Sorry for all Adelaide fans, but so the summer of Cote Rojas is coming to Sydney and we need it because we're in the middle of an El Nino and it's currently raining. So we do need a really uh, a, hot, a hot girl Maria summer, please. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's a really exciting, really um, like I have a lot of comfort in this Sydney squad. There are lots of names that I know and that I trust. I love seeing the return of Courtney Vine who was taken off injured uh, towards the back end of last season. She's been banging in goals in preseason as well. Really keen to see more of Ali Green. 
I think she's getting better and better as the seasons go on. Jada Wyman's back in goal. Uh, Natasha Pryor's back as well. Rachel Lowe, Taylor Ray in midfield. Like this whole squad, I think, is just so exciting on so many different levels. So really keen to see how they go. Big season for a few players, Sam. Um, it's much like Melbourne Victory, a lot of consistency. Consistency is a good thing with squads, especially in the A-League women where you can so often have high turnover. And I think the good thing for the squads this year is they've got a lot longer preseason, from what I understand. So a lot more time to sort of bed down um, the way you want to play. I think uh, I'm really excited to see Courtney Vine, as you say, Sam. I thought she was just electric last season before she had that injury. She surely would have been one of the prime contenders of all the forwards stepping up in the W League last season to get a Matilda's call up. She just was doing it all, goals, assists. Was uh, For me, was the best player in that Sydney front three, and we've since seen Remy seems to make a Matilda's debut, which says a lot. I'm going to be intrigued as to how they work that, that forward setup because you've got that front three from last year of Samson, Vine and Abini and how... Um, Maria Jose Rojas fits into that. Um, I think it's a big season for Ali Green. Um, I think this is a player who would have liked to have thought maybe she would have been on the fringes of pushing for Matilda's call-up. I know she was in the talent ID camps, but we've seen quite a few fullbacks overtake her in in that sort of pecking order. So I'm going to be interested to see if she can really step up and have a really, really big um, A-League women's season and put her name up in lights because... I think she was really is really highly rated by a lot of people, but hasn't yet been able to, I guess, take that next step in terms of a call up. So um, I think it's a big season for her, and I'll be interested to see just um, Rachel Lowe as well, another player I think has been highly rated. But just sort of, I mentioned it with a couple of the Adelaide players as well. This is the season to kind of put your name up in lights. We'll have had the Asian Cup, and then it's building towards twenty three. So yeah, a few players in Sydney that I think will be keen to do that as well but the big question is can you overcome the loss of that experience of Teresa Polias that's that's the the big thing and I think that's going to be a really really difficult thing to do so yeah I'm excited to see how who steps up so we'll stay in New South Wales technically it's the Wellington Phoenix based out in Wollongong it's their first season it's so exciting that we have a whole new team to talk about Gemma Lewis has been appointed coach. She's got a whole bunch of young Kiwi players, a few exciting young Aussies as well. So I think we're, we're all pretty keen just to see how they go. But Sam, how do you think they're going to go with a bit more of an analytical eye? First of all, how cool is it to talk about a new team? You know, finally, oh, my God, the last time we had a new team, we didn't even have a podcast. You know, like it's really, it's just, it's really exciting to see a whole host of new faces, a new head coach, a new colours, a new fan base, a new style of play. Um, I'm so excited to see Wellington. I'll say off the top, I, I don't think they're going to do particularly well, but that's okay. You know, the, this is the great thing about being a new team. There's no, there are no expectations. You don't need to hit any particular milestones. You're still figuring out who you are, what your identity is, what your style is, how you work together. And in addition to just being a new team and having to try and find all this chemistry, Wellington have been in the unfortunate position where they've had to totally relocate to a different country uh, in order to play in the competition at all. So they're based in Wollongong. Uh, They'll be staying at the University of Wollongong um, sort of uh, student accommodation. 
which is good because the the uni's got access to facilities. They've got fields, they've got gyms, they've got spas, they've got everything that they need. And Gemma Lewis has been particularly um, glowing about the reception that they've received down on the South Coast, which is great. So they joined the men's team down there. The men's team, I think, were, uh, they really enjoyed their season last year. Um, They had sort of their own little local fan base from Wollongong Wolves types, um, which was really cool. But in terms of actually looking at the squad, there are a number of players who some of us, we already know who they are, but the vast majority of them have come from um, from the New Zealand Women's League um, and they've come from sort of the youth development circles of New Zealand football as well. So some of the names that stand out for me from an Australian perspective, are Annabelle Martin, so, so lovely to see her returning after a, a long-term injury. She sort of faded out of uh, out of our peripheral vision for a while, but she's back. She's been given another shot and that's really great. Also really like seeing the recruitment of Isabel Gomez from Western Sydney. Uh, it's another player who absolutely killed it at MPL level over the last few seasons, really industrious midfielder, really feisty. Um, and she, I think, is going to, to have a really much bigger role in this Wellington side than what she had in the past. Um, when it comes to New Zealand players, though, there are a couple who really stand out and shout out to a friend of the pod, Phil Rollo, who uh, has given me a, a list of names to look out for, uh, including Grace Jail, who is a really talented young midfielder, the only player in this Wellington Phoenix squad to have uh, a senior call up to the football firms. So she's got that experience under her belt, but she's wanting to really reassert herself on the national stage and is trying to use this season in order to get her name back on that football ball ferns list um, and going forward as well I think two of the, the players who could be most surprising are the strikers Kelly Brown and Grace Wisniewski they were two players who banged in a bunch of goals when New Zealand went on that storming run in the under 17 women's world cup they finished third they won bronze to, and they beat Canada when they did so and Grace scored a, a, a brace against Canada to, to win that medal so they've got now this generation of players who, who won that bronze medal are now a big part of this Wellington Phoenix side. So even though we say, yeah, no expectations, like if they finish last, that's fine. Yeah, this is the season to actually figure out who you are and what you want to be. They're, they could actually spring a couple of upsets. They've got some really good players in and around who I think could be quite good. And they gave Sydney a bit of a run for their money in a recent preseason friendly. I think Sydney only beat them 2-0. So, you know, watch out for Wellington. I'm, I'm super keen to see how they go. It just makes me laugh, Sam, when you say that there's no expectations because just think about Melbourne City. They're just like, everyone was like, we expect you to completely beat everyone up. And they were just like... <laughs> And they did, and they did, but this is obviously a very different context. And yes, it's super exciting. Um, and my other, the other, other thing, I'm so excited to see Annabelle Martin playing again. Um, yeah, she was at Newcastle Jets, I think, two seasons ago, and only got, I think, she got an injury pretty early on. But she was just uh, the the years where I first started covering Melbourne Victory. I just associate Annabelle Martin so much with that. She's so, she's fantastic. She's such a strong and hardworking defender. I'm a massive, yeah, big Annabelle Martin now. So good for her. hope she has a great season. Wasn't Annabelle Martin the player who Kaya Simon pulled her ponytail? That was the famous, the famous moment. Yes, yes. That, yep. (laughs) (laughs) There's a gif of that somewhere. Not to, um, I guess, throw Kaya Simon under the bus for people trying to find that gif. But yes, it was very funny. It was very, it was kind of funny. You look back and you laugh. But at the time it was. Great times in dub history. <laughs> like, 
Anyway, let's finish things off with the Western Sydney Wanderers. They've lost a few players, but they've recruited some new ones as well. They've got Kath Canooley in charge, who's taken over from Dean Heffernan. So should be interesting to see. We, you know, there's been a few female coaches uh, that have popped up this season. So that's super exciting in and of itself. But what are you looking forward to with the Wanderers uh, this season, Sam? Yeah, I mean, first of all, how great is it to see another woman coach? That makes it four now, which I think is probably a record for the A-League women's competition at the start of a season. In the past, we've seen women come in and out throughout it, but I think this is the first time that we've actually started with four, which is fabulous. So we've got Kath Canooley at the Wanderers, we've got Vicky Linton at Canberra, we've got Ash Wilson at the Jets, and we've got Gemma uh, Lewis at Wellington. So that's really cool to see. Um, but yeah, you're right, Marissa. They've had some uh, some turnover in the off season. I think one of the big losses is probably Lena Karmas up front. Um, she not just provided goals, but she is a really experienced leader, former Matilda. She was a player last season who you saw whenever she came on the field, the players seemed to just lift around her. She has this passion. She has a fire. She motivates those, uh, particularly the younger players who she's been mentoring. So it's a shame to see her, uh, to see her sort of drop off the radar a little bit. But in saying that, I think it's really important that they've kept Caitlin Cooper. Um, she is going to be coming back and anchoring the centre of defence for the Wanderers. She's going to be surrounded by more young players now than I think she was anticipating. Uh, we've got the return of Margot Chauvet, which is really exciting as well. Illawarra Stingray, she sort of burst onto the scene at the start of last season, but then faded out a little bit. Uh, Claire Hunt has been brought in from Canberra United. She's another really exciting prospect. And Sheridan Gallagher, shout out to anybody here listening who is familiar with the Stingrays at MPL level, but Sheridan Gallagher is a a formidable uh, footballer. She everywhere she goes, she leaves a Sheridan Gallagher shaped hole in every wall that she runs through. So also has an absolutely lethal left foot. She can kick a ball almost the entire length of a field. So really cool to see her. I think uh, the Wanderers midfield is probably the thing that excites me most. Really, really love seeing the recruitment of Bianca Gallich from Canberra United. Gallich, I think was sensational when she really got the ball rolling at Canberra last year. And now that she's going to be joined by Malia Steinmetz, Kiwi International, who's been brought across from Perth, uh, Gallich, Steinmetz and Olivia Price alongside Libby Copas Brown and Rosie Galea. Like, damn, that's a really good midfield. They've got goals in them. They've got uh, solidity in them. They've got a really clever sense of understanding space, of connecting passes. I think that's that's going to be the strength of the Wanderers this season is in the centre of the park. And going forward as well, to borrow a phrase from Angela, it's just zoomies. As Zoom is all about, we've got Tegan Collister and we've got Tegan Collister's t- basically twin, Ashley Crofts, who's come across from Canberra as well. So the two of them bombing up and down the line with, you'd hope, probably a Briley Henry and Erica Halloway as the number nine. You know, they're, they're not actually looking too bad. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what the Wanderers do this season. And I'm really glad that Kath Canooley has made some hard decisions actually on the off season, including like getting rid of some of her former teammates and friends in order to bring in some new faces. So yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see uh, whether or not this, um, this new combination of players clicks early. Because uh, I think that's been one of the issues with the Wanderers. They've taken some time to really settle into their seasons. And by the time they've found their vibe, uh, the season's already over. So hopefully they're able to find it sooner rather than later. Did you mention Sam, Liz Ralston signing for the Wanderers? I did not mention Liz Ralston signing for the Wanderers, so- but also she has not officially been 
announced for the Wanderers yet. We only discovered it because she was on Getty. On the web- she's, on their website. she's on the website. <laughs> yes. Can we, can we mention that? Like, that's a big signing. Like, it's, um, she obviously had a really injury hit um, run at the end there with Sydney FC, but was basically the rock in defence for them for years. Such a reliable player. Um, seems like a change of scenery would be really good in that sense. Um, sometimes when you've had a rough run with injuries, and we know that Sydney sort of found their feet defensively anyway um, without her. Um, the other one, Claire Hunt, you mentioned, Sam, has just had such a rough run of injuries um, at Canberra. We know that um, Canberra, I think, might mentioned it when that she re-signed there last year, but just with her knees um, just wiped out of football effectively for a couple of years. So a couple of defenders that can really, um, if they can get a good run at it, step up and really solidify that defence and give the Wanderers um, what they need. I think strong defences are going to be at a premium this um, dub season. It's um, There's plenty of exciting attackers in the league, but I think, it is really going to be won and lost on defence. So if that group of um, defenders that um, Catherine Cannulli has brought in can really gel and make an impact, then that's going to be, yeah, super exciting for them and will go a long way towards them any having, you know, the chance to make a run of sorts. So, yeah. And um, I'm keen to see, uh, as you mentioned, Sam, Briley Henry, how she goes. I think players get so much confidence from getting that first Matilda's call up and obviously a debut and, uh, I think we're really excited to see what she can do. Like, I think there's quite a few of these players that where they've had little glimpses or we've seen a little bit of what they can do, but now they've got more responsibility. They're being urged to step up. And, yeah, that's that's what I'm super excited for. All right. So now that we have all this information, let's do quick fire predictions. We'll go around the Zoom. We will uh, say who we think will be premiers, who will be champions, who will be wooden spooners, and who will win the golden boot. Let's start then with premiers. Who is finishing top of the table come the end of the season? Samantha. Victory. Harrow. Victory. Angela. Victory. Clean sweep, Mon the Vark. Um, champions, who do we think will be lifting the beautiful trophy come the end of the season? Samantha. So, uh, yeah, Sydney. Angela. Uh, victory. 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 Anna. Victory. Ho, ho. I don't know. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Wooden spoon, Sam. Wellington. But that's okay. No. Oh, Wellington. Angela. Wanderers? Ooh, she's she's spicy. She's very spicy. I do think it's going to be the Knicks, but I do think they'll get at least a win. That's my addendum to that. Uh, Golden Boot, Samantha. Michelle Heyman. Ooh. Uh, Anna? Just totally forgotten about Michelle Heyman. And then Sam said it. I was like, Wayne Rez, Remy Simpson. Michelle Heyman's a good shout, but I'm not going to copy Sam. I'm going to go with Melina Rez. Angela? Remy Simpson, I want to say. I'm going to say Melina. So those are our predictions. We will see, as I said, how silly we look at the end of the season. But, um, it's going to be fun. We're really excited. We know there's some Matilda's games beforehand, so depending on when you're listening, you may also have some podcasts about the Matilda's games. We'll see. It's all going to be really exciting. Our first round 
We start the season Wellington v Western Sydney Friday night. Uh, then we've got Canberra taking on Melbourne City a bit later that evening. Saturday, we've got the two games, Sydney v Newcastle and Perth v Brisbane. And then the round is ended with Melbourne Victory taking on Adelaide on Sunday. So lots of tasty clashes to look forward to. Dubs almost back. Lots of good football to wrap your eyes around. Obviously, we will be there to take you through it all throughout throughout. <laughs> throughout the season so we cannot wait to get stuck into proper a-league women's stuff remember we will have matilda's episodes as well following the friendlies so there's lots of good stuff for you to listen to thanks for tuning in today remember you can find us on espn.com.au and the espn app we're on spotify apple and google make sure you subscribe leave a review if you've liked what we've done here today we're at the far post pod on all social media so You can yell at us for our predictions or forgetting to mention your favourite player or just talk to us about your A-League women's predictions. But until next time, see us.